Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic, brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, Statesman fills in for Louis as we look towards the final week of the buy rounds, chat about how to use your four trades, look at some top targets this week, and of course, answer a stack of your listener questions. It's time for another massive... I'm too old for this shit. Pod Pod! Welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss here with Louis Senior Stato. How are you, mate? I'm doing very well. A reasonably good uh, middle by weekend. I, I sort of struggled a little bit with the rookies last week. Uh, had a lot of sub fifty scores, and I think my lowest score this week is fifty four, and my next one seventy. So it was a decent week. Tell you what, it wasn't the greatest week of footy until those last two games. Then we had mm. a couple of rippers with the uh, the West Coast and, of course, Bucks Farewell, which we're, we are recording Monday night just after the uh, the Collingwood game. And maybe we'll touch on what we think is going to happen next as well from a fantasy perspective from the Pies game. But, Stato, let's hear how you went in this round 13, our, our middle of the buy rounds. How'd you go, mate? Yeah, eighteen fifteen, but it looks like Harms has dropped four, so it might be eighteen eleven by the time it finishes. What about you, Dossie? Oh, terrible, terrible round for me. I, I might have seen it coming given how well I did in week one and how poor my team's been for the season. But yeah, I got a sixteen thirty, so ah, oh, that's well below par, Stato. What do you reckon par was this week? It's, it's probably about coming my out soon, score. But- so I, I went up about five hundred ranks. So um, and was starting around that seven thousand mark. So uh, mid six thousand. So therefore, I reckon around the eighteen twenties about par. So you're only two hundred behind par. Yep. So, what's your ranking sitting at now? For for folks that don't know, the statesman also you're um, part of our Pod Pod Plus podcast on a Wednesday night. But of course, you've you've also had some success in the fantasy world uh, coming in the what's what's your rep, uh, what's your resume like these days, Dad? I've, I've forgotten off the top of my head. It's been so long ago now. Yeah, it's um, you're only good as your last season, so uh, wasn't too <laughs> crash hot to be honest. Uh, yeah, sitting six thousand six hundred and sixty nine, so that's Ooh, reasonably nice. nice. Um, but yeah, <laughs> look, I, I was about three thousandth place um, after a bit of a sluggish start, um, around about round. Uh, nine. So I sort of had three or four weeks where I really pushed back. I just, I had all the players that were um, just going down the hill, you know, Jordan, Warner, um, Goulden, just held on to all the shoal. Oh, God, it was awful. Just held on yeah. to them a little bit too long and they all faded and then got dropped away. So unfortunately, uh, that put me on the back foot. Um, but uh, looking for a really big move. So my plan is to be in the mid-3,000s next week, and obviously I've had to rearrange my target starting in the buys around 8,000 mark of uh, my targets to get in the uh, triple figures. 
And as a five-time top 100 finisher, you, you have made some jumps over the buy rounds and it seems like that's still going to plan this year. So, so nothing's changed. You're still making your attack over the buy rounds and hopefully listeners of the Pod Pod as well as Pod Pod Plus will be making that jump as well. But good to see you're on your way up, Stato. I'm sort of hovering around the same, but hopefully in for a big uh, round 14 this week. We, we go through our Nailed It, Failed It on the main pod and I want you to take us through what you nailed this week. Well, I'm just going to give credit to one bloke, and that's um, uh, Tracy. He's really been a slow burn and then was dropped away, dropped out of the team for a few weeks. But hasn't he come good over the bye? So I just want to say holding him uh, and getting 65 and 81 uh, around the the bye is is just absolutely fantastic. So it's more a pat on the back. And if I want to say personally, um, Josh Kelly was my in this week. So a nice 152 on debut. Massive, massive score from old, old Josh Kelly. I'm going to give just a tip of the cap as well to uh, Jai Newcomb. What a debut. Little absolute nugget. I like the way he goes about it and just a, a real girthy lad. But 14 tackles from the man people are calling uh, Duke from the Duke Newcomb uh, PlayStation game back in the day. You haven't heard that one, Stato? No, I have no idea what the reference you, I think you like this one though. There's one title. It's probably like beyond uh, non-PC these days. I'd say to to look at these games, but there's one called Duke Nukem Land of the Babes, and uh, the 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 caption for that, the the way they advertised it on the front title was one man, one mission. One million babes. So hopefully that's probably that's probably Jai Newcomb's uh, job when he's at the club on his uh, on his first night out after that huge debut. So good on him. He's been a great pickup. If you don't have him, jump on board. And yeah, Kelly was my second one. But let's talk about failed it. Bit negative here. Uh, who's your failed it for this week? Well, I'm going to call out Ned Reeves, um, but maybe it's a little bit yes. more on myself. Um, so in the Pop Pop Plus, I, I did mention, warned everyone, say don't go and get Ned Reeves in round 12. He's on his buy. Wait till he's actually named. So silly me has really missed out on a, an opportunity bringing in Arm- Armity two weeks ago and could have got his 74 and 92 on the field and an extra 100K. But silly me brought in Ned Reeves. So when he's the late out, everyone else is scrambling, trying to get rid of Ned Reeves because they brought him in that week. And I go, can't do anything, unfortunately, but still had 21 playing. Um, And actually him being out actually created me to have the loophole. Didn't need to use it because I went to Taranto through to Gorn. So, um, but it did give me that option. So I wasn't too upset with it. But um, unfortunately, his replacement played very well, Doss. So I can't see Ned Reeves yeah. coming back in. So all of a sudden, you're just bringing in a permo red dot. Yeah, it was It was really a strange one. Um, it, it come kind of touching on one of our hot topics for this week. And I think a lot of people had, maybe, I mean, we know Louis. Louis was sending, and I should mention, of course, Louis just, uh, he's got some family commitments tonight, so not able to make the show. Didn't even mention that off the top. I think he had a ripping week this week too, didn't he? In the, uh, what did, He got an 1871, I think was his final yeah, score. So he's actually 1800s, yeah. So he's actually gone up the ranks. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll hear from Louis soon, but hit him up on social media if you want to hear more. He's he's certainly still uh, well and truly on track for having a great season this year. So good on you, Louis, especially his Jordan to goey hold. I bet you um, that'll be something that he'll be, he would have loved to talk about and he's nailed it, tunned up again, Jordan to goey. So really showing us what he... 
could have I done think, uh, from that Amy series. I think he moment. got an 1842. 1842. There you go. Um, my failed it just quickly was Noah Anderson, and I think it's been about the fifth time I've talked about him. I, I need to stop piling it on him, but just I just don't understand at the moment the selection at the Suns as well. I think is this heading in any direction? Uh, I might bring him up a bit later. I'll, I'll wait till a bit later in the show to bring up a certain man sitting in the twos, but. I just don't know if these players at the moment are doing enough to get selected, to be honest. Like, Noah Anderson's had a five weeks of poor form, but I understand where the Suns are sitting, that they've got to play him. I just wish for my own sake to drop him so that I know to trade him. I keep thinking he's going to have a bounce back. He's just been horrid for about a month. So, um, that's on me, not on Noah Anderson, so I better stop talking about it. But mm-hmm. just been really frustrating for me. Um, I just want to touch on another hot topic stato and i'll do a little sound effect there for the uh the hot topics but we talked about ned reeves and that was really a pain for some people with with the app sort of messing up i think you had to really be switched on as to how to fix that up but also a certain man that was said to be injured iced his hamstring we've had a lot of conversation about him on pod pod plus about whether or not he's going to be a top six forward between you and i but he was supposed to be out this game and not only was he not out, he in fact played this week, ruining a few people trying to play Lloyd Meek on their field as well. He popped a 132 oh, no. and I'm talking about Sean Darcy on his, was it his 23rd birthday, just having an absolute day out. What happened there? Well, the, the interesting thing, I, I just thought it was a stroke of luck for me because not having Sean Darcy does his hammy, only gets 93 the week before. Um, there was big call-outs of who to go to. Um, I thought I went the smart option going Ned Reeves um, because I had some cover. Uh, I had Tracy, and Tracy covered well for me. So I'm thinking, oh, this is this is great for my team, and it's going to really help me around 13. But sure enough, slowly during the week, the messaging come around that no, no, he's okay. He'll uh, he'll train. He'll be a test. And sure enough, he plays. Then I'm watching him play. I'm going, what, this hammy's going to go any second. It's going to go. It's going to go. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, about 15, 16 minutes into the third quarter, he's on 50. And I'm going, no, yep. that's that's okay. Um, everyone's <laughs> got him. He's going to sneak out probably a 72 and, you know, they're, they're, everything's going to be fine. But then, bang, he just smashed it out. But... I will say he was playing the Gold Coast. Yeah. Who don't have um, a uh, – well, I mean, far out there. The ruck that they're trying to plug in there is not a ruck anymore. He, he might have been in his debut season when they picked him up. But he was a good rookie. they got in there? Zach Smith. No, they got Zach Smith in there, but he's just terrible these days. He's oh, he was good. a really good rookie in his first season. He was, you know, the, oh, yeah. the old 170K that just stayed seems, in your team like the boss. Yeah, you sh- some people hit their peak in the ruck at, what, 30, 31, but, yeah, it's certainly not the case for him. And I think they might even be rushing their own uh, Ned in to try and uh, fill that mm-hmm. void pretty soon, uh, Gold Coast, with that mid-season draft day, but... Yeah, it was strange scenes. Sean Darcy suddenly in, Ned Reeves out. Um, and Sean Darcy, I wonder if anyone traded him. That would have been absolute brutal blow, just the preemptive trade. Uh, I bet you there was a few, so hearts out to you if you've done that. But not only that, there was one other hot topic this week. There's just three strange oh. things. 
Tommy Highmore popping a 110 for people that held him. Now, I got I got rid of him a couple of weeks ago, brutally, just like, yeah, I'm sick of this dead money. He's playing sub every week, and when he does play, he gets bugger all the time on ground. He was exceptional, and people were finding out ways to just try and loop him on the field, or even some people bold enough to just chuck him on there, trying to get their 18, and fire out. 110 was outstanding, getting every intercept mark. Uh, it's just scary. I'm, here's a bloke I traded out round four. So the second week he was out of the team. Looked like he was never going to come back, and I looked spot on. And I, you know, bring in blokes like Shoal who are starting really well, and come by time they're giving me a 36 and a 37. But, um, yeah, good luck to you. If, if you held him for that long and he pumps out during the buys, 110, uh, yes, it's been kissed, but this is where there's a lot of luck in this game. So if you had it, enjoy it. Um, magnificent. I think we all said he had this in his game. It just didn't look like he was going to get the opportunities. But you're not only going to get some money, but I reckon he might have some job security now. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he, he looked fantastic. But who knows um, what sort of direction they're going to be going with now and looking at their position on the ladder. But anyway, we have a stat coming up on this show. We've got Statesman's top targets for this week. So we had Louis on last week discussing all his choices coming off their round 12 buy. Now we've got the Statesman, Stato uh, Senior on, or, or Louis, sorry, Louis Senior, now that uh, Louis <laughs> apparently taken the mantle. <laughs> we've got Stato coming on to look at his top targets. It's coming off round 13. We're going to answer a stack of questions later on. And in between, we'll look at some of the uh, best rookie options as well. But if you do enjoy our weekly podcast, then join up to be a member of Pod Pod Plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with this great man here, the Statesman, the five-time top 100 finisher. Um, we have a heavy focus on answering uh, questions from our Pod Squad, which is an exclusive Facebook group where you can also throw around your trade ideas, brainstorm with other Pod Pod Plus members. But last but not least, you also get a shout out on this podcast. So a warm welcome to our latest Pod Pod Plus members. And we've got Brett Johnstone, Jordan Crack, Josh Leather and Austin Dennis. So a huge thanks to all our new members. If you want to join up, head to keepleaguepod.com.au, go to the premium resources tab and hit bonus episodes or click the link in the podcast description today and you can sign up there. But Statesman, we've built a nice little community there and it's uh, it's been really a joy to do this season. So I've been really enjoying my time with you on a Wednesday night. Yeah, magnificent conversations that go in our Facebook uh, Facebook group. Um, just the amount of high-level talent, talented coaches that we've got in there is remarkable. I think we're close to um, a dozen um, top 1,000 coaches in that group, and we've got, I think, three or four that might even be in the top 100, so uh, the old hat chasers. Um, so there's a really good group there. Um, love the thoughts, a lot of questions, a lot of theories, um, uh, a little bit of game theory that goes on there. It's, look, it's a great little community. Uh, and they're really switched on. They love their fantasy football, and, of course, we do as well. Yeah, so thanks to all those new members of PodPod Plus. All right, targets. Let's look at round 13 target statesmen. So these are all people coming off, players coming off the Brisbane, Carlton, Essendon, and Western Bulldogs, um, players there that you can bring in from round 13. Before we touch on that, though, I just want your thoughts. I'm going to give my top 10 premium targets from round 12. So just in case you don't have any of these players as well, 
whether or not they're maybe worth still uh, going even ahead of some of the players you're about to mention. So these are my top 10 premium targets. I'm completely ignoring price on this. So make sure you take into account break even when you are um, considering these players and shuffle them around as needed. But Statesman, I'm just going to go through the 10 and then you maybe just touch on a couple or, or whether or not they belong there. But I've got Aaron Hall, Josh Kelly, Titch, Took Miller, Lockie Whitfield, Mitch Duncan, Ollie Wines, Dan Houston, Patrick Dangerfield coming back off that injury, looked pretty good late, and Jack Zebel. So they're the top 10 I've got there. Are there any sort of out of place? Obviously, there's a couple you wouldn't touch due to their price. Wait for Dangerfield to go down. Dan Houston's really mintly priced at the moment. You might wait a couple of weeks for Mitch Duncan, but how does that list look to you? Well, firstly, Aaron Hall, I still think uh, he's quite affordable for what he's pumping out. Um, yes, yeah. yes, you're spending 200000 more than most of us paid for him, um, but I think his um, last five average is second in the competition, only behind Darcy Parrish. I'll have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. So, I mean, he even got tagged on the weekend uh, I will say, I think they dropped the tag by the end of the first quarter. Yeah. It was such um, a light tag, yeah. Yeah, it was tight early, um, very mm. tight early, but 133, magnificent scoring. It, the role's fantastic. He's been really creative and he's running really hard. Uh, Josh Kelly, um, it, it's sort of now or never. So if you're going to move on anyone this week, it's got to be on Josh Kelly. It's not score chasing here it's just the fact that he's still a bargain compared to i think it was in the 800s to start the season with he's going to be about 760 so he's dropped about 50k uh yes you could have got him high 600s but he's there he's available uh grab him if you can uh, i think titch is great value um despite dossie sort of giving it to him in the last week because he had him as captain and failed um <laughs> But Titch was Yeah, great. I was wrong on that. i got to yeah. say, he did he did drop his centre bounces slightly, but obviously he was just still fantastic. I mean, getting the win uh, would have helped as well there. But yeah, I, I probably just a little bit butthurt from that captain score and uh, held it against him for that week, I think, there, Stato. Yeah, Took, uh, not a sexy name, but he's getting the job done. And, and his running is just bloody incredible. You do have to pay for the honour. He's not a sexy name, but he's getting the job done. Uh, Lockie Whitfield. Um, now, I avoided him this week and went Josh Kelly. So there's almost an 80-point difference there. Um, Lockie had a couple of collisions. But I just felt he didn't look like the Lockie that we know. Uh, we all heard that Witty missed a bit of training. Um, so I don't know whether he's carrying something or managing something. A little bit unsure. So I'm holding off. He's going to drop a little bit more coin just with a 77. I think he's... Uh, I think his break-even was about 102, um, gave us a 77. So he's going to drop a, a bit of cash. He's also going to have a pretty high break-even next week. So I'll hold off on Lockie until we see the Lockie we want to see. Uh, Mitch Duncan, don't really like people coming off injuries until I get to see them. It was a hard matchup against Port Adelaide. Only pumped out a 71, but he did have a break-even of 152. So it was a great opportunity. He's going to drop coin. He's going to drop a lot of coin now. I'll be looking at Mitch Duncan about round 15. I think that's going to be the mark. 
uh, should be bottom out. Hopefully, we can get him mid 700s or even low 700s. Mm. Um, Ollie Wines, 112 this weekend, is a great buy. I think he's about 780. Um, very unique. Um, it's worth the punt if you if you look to to catch. Uh, Dan Houston um, hit his break even a ninety eight. Uh, I wanted to see him play and play well because I was worried about that shoulder. I did notice he was out of CBA, so be interesting to see if he did record any DOS. Looked like he was on the half back, but still I was scored there, well. And yeah, he was predominant. Well, I would have said almost exclusively on the half back, but he racked up the marks. And I think we've mentioned on this podcast a few times, he's very much the Jack. Jack Crisp mould of he can play centre bounce or he can play half back and he's still going to be your 95 to 100 kind of guy. And, yeah. and maybe his ceiling is raised when he plays inside as well. So I, I'm not really fussed about that. I think his price is just exceptional for what you're going to get for him at the moment, Dan Houston. Yeah, and Danger, um, look, he's underdone. He's missed a lot of footy. Um, let his price drop. Wait to see what form and what role he's going to have once he starts hitting his straps. But he'll drop some major coin over the next few weeks. And I think he only got a 50 from memory, Doss. He did. Uh, he did. Um, he had so many clearances, though, and that just tells me, you know, he, he, he certainly was looking still not quite right and his time on ground was managed. So, still give him a few weeks. But yep. Uh, his best. It's kind of like the Elliot Yo. You can just see how much of a class above he is when he's out there. So um, when ta- when Dangerous Time on Ground comes back, that's when you pounce. Uh, he, he's he's still premium forward option for us. And Jack Zebel, uh, look, ever since Aaron Hall's been in the team, and I think we mentioned this nice and early on this podcast. Uh, that Aaron Hall's his kryptonite a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be trading him out if you got him because he's still in the top six forwards, but I just wouldn't be chasing him because his price is dropping a fair bit. Uh, just wait to see what happens with Robbie Tarrant. I was a little bit worried this week, but his first quarter was magnificent, but he was pretty quiet after that and only finished up with a 91. I think he had close to 40 in the first quarter, so only 50 points in the last three quarters. So just hold off on Jack Zebel. Um, yeah, Tom Stewart. Um, yeah, I just it- chucked him in, in late here. He's probably the special mention. I, I've got him as an owner. He's sort of that guy that he'll, he'll get the job done, but he's not your high ceiling uh, necessarily high ceiling player. So if he gets on a run, you know, he's he's nice to own, but he's not necessarily uh, top, top target. That's why I had these guys who I think maybe can hit a bigger ceiling store, score on the run home. Uh, Tom Stewart's uh, a bloke that frustrates you. He frustrates you when you don't own him because he's just getting plus sixes everywhere. And he frustrates you when you own him because he's sitting on the bench for half the game. So he's yeah. just one of those players that I, I just prefer to avoid. I just want to touch on a few of my favourite point of difference players as well out of the round 12 as before we do move on to round 13 and look at some of the options that I actually probably prefer a lot of the round 13 guys coming off there by. But one of the big ones for me, Toby Green, um, moved into the midfield in that last quarter. I'll get up his numbers for the last quarter, but you know they, they clearly changed their tact in that last quarter to try and change Taranto it up in the out. midfield. Sorry? Taranto was out. That's what I didn't like. Yep. 
Yep. So, unfortunately for owners, Taranto was out. But Toby Green in the last quarter had 27 fantasy points. The big thing was his his tackling. You know, he had, had three of his five tackles in the last quarter and he just provided something different and he got, he got a center clearance. And I don't know, just gives them something different. And we just know what he can do as a midfielder. And even if he sneaks in there for a few center bounces a game and if that's something that goes on moving forward, They've got a great run of the next three games. And I think his price is, you know, it's worth a punt for me as a point of difference. I nearly jumped on him this week and kind of wish I did, but he didn't score enough so that he's out of price. And do you like Toby Green as a point of difference option? TFG. Man's a gun. He's your boy. Toby Um, effing green, by the way, is TFG. I I love the boy, but I, I wouldn't be chasing him here in this format unless I felt he was a dead set chance just to be a pure midfielder. So if, if we heard from the coach saying uh, what we saw in the last quarter uh, worked for us, we're going to give this a crack. Um, Toby's been great up forward. Here's the replacement for that and Toby's going to go full-time mid. Um, then I'd get excited. Uh, but they're just not travelling well enough as a team this year for him to get enough points sitting deep forward. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, just a couple of other names. I mean, Brandon Ellis, Jai Simpkin, they're all guys kind of floating around. Trav Boak. I don't know if any of these guys, whether you're going to want to jump on. Jai well, Simpkin through, go through, Go through one by one. And I'll give all you right, your Ellis. name. Uh, all right, Brandon Ellis. He's a punt, but he's got a floor as well as a ceiling, so I'm a no. Jai Simpkin. Up and down like a yo-yo, No. Yeah, it's a tough one. His ceiling's so big, so he's nice for a point of difference. But then on the other side of things, when he goes down, you're going to have a 60 in your midfield and it's going to look ugly. The other thing that I'm scared about for Simpkin is Jed Anderson is not far away and he should gobble up a stack of centre bounces. So that's something I'd just be wary of. I think he's not far away, Jed Anderson, um, from memory. So um, Trav Boak, what do you think of him as a pod? Yeah, really good pod. Really good pod. I, I like Trav Boak. I mean, I think he's more of a draft player than he than he is, a, you know, a top eight midfielder. Um, but I like him. I just probably wouldn't go there. I buried the lead here, but Nick Haynes, tunning up on the weekend, super cheap, has done it in the past. Who do you play? Probably not a huge, probably not a huge sample, but you do like him. Yeah, I like him because of his price, but he's not a keeper. He's not a, a um, top six defender. Um, so he's someone that I might look at this week, but I, I will say his highest ever average is 79. His second is 78. Mm. Then he's low 70s, um, high 60s. That's his fantasy pedigree. So um, he had a really good year last year. That's why he's... He gets talked about. But in the COVID year, he done really well when the games were shortened. But also remember in that year when he was having good, they went and tagged him. He got 19. That's a good point. Um, Jeremy Cameron, he, he actually looked fantastic. I was at, at that Geelong um, Port game and the crowd went silent when he kicked one of the most uh, ruthless goals of the game. And gee, I could hear Jeremy Cameron doing his celebration up in the stands. It was yeah. uh, He was bursting the vessel to get it done. But um, 105 points, has some really nice matchups on the stretch home. Could he be a viable forward option? Well, he's won a car before. 
But I think that's his type of role. He's in for a week when you think he can give you a massive score. He's not someone you ride for the rest of the year. If you look at his score, he's a bit like Jai Simpkin. He's up and down a bit, and that's a key forward, mate. Yeah, Mark Blitzarves no. as a – No? Okay. Yeah, uh, just, that was just more of a loose one, but no. he's playing ruck and – All right. I said no. What about – you can't pay up, but Cam Guthrie, when he comes back, will he ever get to a price where we can get worth considering him? Or is Dangerfield back just kills his – I can't pick him because of his price. I just threw it in there because he's been such a great player this year. He's, he's, he's really weird because he's such a good scorer, but we remember him as this 50 and 60 averaging guy that was getting tagging roles, sitting off flanks – Getting really weird roles, but um, yeah, he's a quality scorer. If his price drops, he might be worth a punt. And the two other ones, Connor Rosie probably just kicked five goals to get to a ton. I'm probably not excited yourself. I, I really like him. Um, yeah, me too, but uh, what's his just, price? He's in the 400s, he's, isn't he? He is cheap, he is cheap. But um, I'll, as, I'll a, as a, a pod or a, a, a buy player for you to have a look when he's got the right matchups, like, um, yeah, that's quite interesting because I think it was a 98. He'll be just over 500K, I reckon, unless mm, prices have probably adjusted Probably a bit already. too much. But I was planning, I think it was 5.15 to start the year and I was planning to start with him, but I thought yeah. mid-time was on the board and that's he's had a few I, injuries, yeah. yeah. He's playing predominantly forward. The last one, the big one. Matt Rowe, did you see enough? And he's going to drop in price. Um, he was getting the centre bounces, a stack of them. Didn't look too bad, but again, sort of, I don't know why they, they're opposed of using the uh, the VFL to bring these guys back. You know, he's, I know what he's done in the past coming back off an injury, but he got 48 points this week. Sort of looked like he needed a week in the VFL, if I'm being honest. Um, but is he still an option for you going forward, Matt Rowe? Well, to be fair, the only time he's ever come back after the an injury, because remember he had a season-ending injury last year and he came back round one Actually, this true. year and gave us a 16. So, yes, that excites me, that 16 coming back after injury, Doss. Really excited. <laughs> Sorry, I, I meant the break last year, but that was COVID-related, not injury-related. You are yeah. right there. Um, Matt Rowe um, is getting managed. His injury this time um, affects his conditioning. I know there was talk that, you know, he's even fitter than he was pre-season, but his time was managed, his body was managed. He even started on the half-forward line. I just, what was it, a 40-80 he scored, had a high break even. He's going to drop below 500 in the next two or three weeks. I will wait to see a score that I'm excited about before I pull the trigger on him. But if he's 450 in three weeks and then pops out 100, oh, there's a fair chance I might jump on. All right, Stato, time for your top players from coming off the round 13 by. Let's start with defenders. Yeah, this is uh, – I'm not saying um, go and get all these guys, but I just want to take everyone through the options. So there's people coming off round 13. So we're actually going to do it um, – in each of the playing areas. So defenders to start with, I've got Daniel Rich at 7.10 with an average of 99. His performance this year has just been sensational. He's not one I can hop on, but by crikey, he's uh, looking after his owners. 
Uh, Sam Doherty is number two, uh, 730K, uh, averaging 101. He's just been in great form, but I, I will flag a little thing. Since Nick Newman has come into the team, he's actually moved to the wing. He's looked really good in that role one week and not so great the next week, but that's when Newman went down and he swung back to the half-back line and started scoring really well. So there is a little flag with Doherty, so just keep your eye on that. The next one is Nick Newman himself. He's only 5'6'9". Now, he did get concussion, but he's had the two weeks break because of the bye. Uh, He's averaging 82, but was on his way to another really good score when he put his body on the line and hurt himself. So it'll be interesting to see how he returns. So you probably get to have a look at one week before you bring him in because the scoring stopped. So his break even will be around his average. So you can probably watch for one week. It's worthwhile. Next one's a loose pick, which is Zach Williams, 527. Now, it's been his body, but what surprised me, he's had a shocking year, but he's actually averaging 73. And I looked at that and went, God, that's no way. I was expecting to see 50-something. I don't know why. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. I don't know why, but... 60 at least. Yeah, but just well below probably what our expectations with. I think it's a loose pick, but there is something that excites me about it. What he hasn't had, because... Carlton needed to win, wanted to win. Now they've set up a review. Um, is he's had a bit of a chance to give his body a break and get it right. So at 527, if you need to go loose, he's probably worthwhile. Uh, Dyson Heppel at 686 for an average of 95. That's a good price um, for that type of average and a great role and Correct me if I'm wrong, Doss, but I'm pretty sure Essendon have got a pretty good run uh, moving forward. Uh, His teammate, Jordan Trapley, uh, he's only 558 (laughs) uh, at an average of 82. Are you a salty owner there, Statesman? No, I don't own him. Uh, I haven't got him this year. Uh, Just reckon there's been a role change, so it makes him become a loose pick. Until you mm. see the role change, and it's actually your boy Redman, it's actually Dyson Heppel, and it's actually Hines. So all of a sudden, you've got three other players that they're happy to have the ball in the hand of. They yeah. remember what they had on the halfback line last year. They very smartly gave him away for really high picks and spent a third of the money to get Nick Hind, uh, a quicker yeah. player, a better player, and a better user of the footy. Um, well, that's the way I see it anyway. I could be wrong there. It's all opinions. <laughs> um, but 68 average for his last three, Jordan Trapley. 68. Mm. Yeah, it's rough. It's and rough. We thought he was cheap, a bargain, but he's uh, mm. he hasn't been so far. And, yeah, I think you still wait. You wait for the uptick if you're a non-owner. You just wait until if it does turn around. Otherwise, you're right. There's probably just too many mouths to feed in that back line and even – Early season, he was just getting every kick in. We've we've repeated it a few times. He's just not at the moment. Yep. He's not getting every single kick in. It's become more he's of a not shared contribution. A top so. Six defender. That's what yep. he's not. 
So don't chase him. Uh, Caleb Daniel, um, 610 uh, with an average of 83. Look, he's pumped out a 20 and a 55 this year, so you could argue he's loose as well. But look, as a big-bodied inside midfielder, um, there's good opportunities to score well. You didn't even get that gag, mate. I was half listening to you, mate. Yeah. Caleb Daniel, the big-bodied inside midfielder. Oh, sorry. Okay, yes. Well, wow. uh, jeez. Yeah, if to you have that. to repeat your jokes, then no good. Uh, moving <laughs> on to the midfield, uh, Willie, Jared. Do you, hang on. Do you think you'll play mid again this week? Just no. Kidding. No. That'd be that'd be amazing scenes if he does. I mean, he actually- uh, he There's a okay, chance he's like. small forward because I think it's the only role. So, Waitman will be moved to the halfback flank and Caleb Daniel will be playing the small forward role. You know, funnily enough, out of those, probably one of my, not for value, certainly, but I'd say, I know he's up there with average anyway, but Daniel Rich is probably the nicest little point of difference one yeah. there. He does have that kind of mortgage on kick-ins and mm. he's just had an outstanding year with the new rules, allowing him to just go to work off that back line. So, not not a pick I would hate, to be honest, if you're looking for a yep. defender. He's got North Melbourne this week too. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the mids, um, very much a pod, but just high-quality players. Jared Lyons, 813K with an average of 112. Uh, a target, but I reckon in a couple more weeks, let's see how this plays out, is Lockie Neal. He's only 729 with an average of 88, mm. obviously injury-affected. Um, didn't come back like a house on fire last round, Um round 12. So I'd let him play round 14 and have a look after that because there's a chance he could drop even below the 700 mark or round that 700 mark. That's great value um, for someone that's such a superstar. But I reckon what they've learnt without Lockie Neal is to share the load a little bit. Um, I had an expectation. I had no interest in him at the start of the year through. He was well overpriced. covid uh, COVID ball suited him tremendously well. Um, I'd let him get a bit of run, build the fitness back up, um, and then it could be a really good chance to, to pounce. So him and Duncan around that same time, around 15-16. Interestingly two for Lockie Neal, so after this week, he averages around 106 against North Melbourne this week across his career. After that, for so round 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. So what's that? Five more weeks after that. He doesn't average – he only averages over 95 against one opponent, and that's Adelaide Crows. Wow. Just just an interesting little tidbit little as well. Flag. So doesn't Could average a, a ton player. of – could be a great player to finish the season with, though. Yeah, he's got some big games again. He's got Hawthorne, Gold Coast, Frio, Collingwood, West Coast to finish. So wow, maybe we target good. him around that point. Yeah, Around 17, 18, you're talking about, mate? Possibly the Crows game, though, because some of the teams there that he's traditionally scored poorly against, like Saints, you know, I don't think they're someone that's going to stop him now. And even Richmond kind of let him off the chain, so... Yeah, that's that's a tough one, but I agree. Wait until the uptick's there as well on Lockie Neal. Yep. Next one, Sam Walsh, um, 783. Was a slow burn this year, but he's really repaying his owners with an average of 108. A uh, little bit loose is Patrick Cripps, but he's averaging over 100 over his last three, uh, 90 for the season. So his price is well down with 657. So that's pretty juicy price 
for someone that we expect to be a premium. <laughs> Darcy Parish. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, for those, uh, I miss Darcy Parish, um, and I had him in the gun for weeks. Uh, average 113 um, <laughs> at uh, 879. That's a lot of coin. It's a That's lot of so coin. That's so much coin. But he's living the life. He's He's got the role. It ain't going to stop um, unless he starts getting attention. But the next man, Zach Merritt, uh, I would target first, averaging 111, but he's about 100K less than Darcy Parrish, 793. Can you believe that? Darcy Parrish is almost $100,000 more than Zach Merritt. That's just incredible. Uh, Jack McRae, of course, averaging 123. Um, he's at uh, 891. So that's a big pay packet. And then um, only foolish people would have started with him, but Marcus Bontempelli with 833, average uh, the Nelson 111. He's been a beautiful own, 128 in his last three. So that's good for fifth best midfielder in the competition and really not owned by that many people. You'd imagine there's a fair few, um, you know, not – proper fantasy players that would own him too, just being a big name in Bontempelli. So he's owned by 13%. And like I said, I'd say a fair few of those are starting teams that probably aren't continuing as well with the name value of the Bont. So a bit of a point of difference for sure. And uh, Rucks, there's no targets. Uh, don't So don't be uh, swapping your Rucks for any round 13 Sam, ruck. What if what if Draper plays? And you're trying to get I, I said stone. there are no targets. I'm looking at premiums <laughs> here. There are no okay. targets no for premiums. Rux. So Rux at the end of the day, there's only three really to consider. It's Gorn, Grundy and Rob. No one else. No one else. Yeah. Oh, I'm just waiting for you to jump in. But wouldn't oh. you – seeing we've got such a thin forward line, isn't Sean Darcy a forward line grab? Not Sorry, a what am I doing? You gave me the bait and I didn't jump on. I did. Uh, yeah. Yep. You, you gave it to me. I, I was See, I had Sam Look Draper what I'm working with, I was like, I was like, Look what I was I'm like, working could, with. I was like, could Draper be top three? No, no, he can't, no. <laughs> no, 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 you idiot. Uh, moving on to the forwards, uh, Zorko, um, but Cal Siren, he is suspended. Remember, he accepted that one week, so he missed this week. He'll mix next week. Uh, so don't target him, although he's quite worthy uh, a top six forward. Uh, Nick Hind, who I think is still great value, and I'm spewing I didn't start the season with him, nor have him, um, but he's actually dropped a little bit of coin in recent times. He's had a couple of lower scores, but his lower scores are in the 70s, God bless, not in the 50s. Average of 89. So I'd love to see where that sits in the top six forwards uh, of current playing players, DOS, but I reckon it's around the mark. Um, he's only 647K. Uh, Kyle Langford, um, certainly his recent form has been pretty good, getting a bit more midfield clock. It's a little bit loose, yes, but certainly one I'm interested just with the value, 663, so 663,000 with an average of 87. And, of course, someone 10th, there you go. So Nick Hind, a top 10 forward 
currently, um, but also has that flexibility of being able to play defence for us too. So he's got a couple of strings through his bow. Uh, the next one, he's dropped over $200,000, and that's Lockie Hunter. Um, the problem with him at only 642k and an average of 87, his recent form is good. I think he's averaging 101 over his last three games, is his coach. Bevo. Yeah, we just don't know where he's going to be played. Um, if Caleb Daniel can be a big-bodied inside mid, um, Lockie Hunter can be played anywhere. If he does get that wing role, he will slay it. So it's it's a really risk-reward, but he's cheap enough to go with the risk. So even as a forward, he's scoring okay. And last but not least, the better Bailey, the way better Bailey, the best Bailey that's ever been. Sorry, I'm trying to bait you again, Doss. I can hear you. I'm not biting. I'm prompting you this time so you don't miss it. Bailey Dale at 650K, averaging 86, and he has been sensational. And his role has been real and secure, so he hasn't been bevoed at all. Would you want to, if you're talking who's been in the top six, as a um, forward in their last three games, he's sitting at numero six right there. Well, there you go. So, so there's there's four players in the 600s that are all worth a punt in the forward line. I'm not saying any of them will end up being the top six forwards, but I reckon they're between uh, four and 12, all four of them. Unbelievable scene. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that list there, Stato. That's given us a lot of targets to look at. Um, anyone that you're in particular keen on out of your list here of defender forwards, mids, and no rucks, though, that we've got here, but I definitely had my eye last week in particular on the Kyle Langford pick that you've thrown out there with the injury yep. to Andy McGrath. 113 average in his last three, just really been lifting his game and actually just looks like a real solid player and, and he can go on hot runs. So he's a guy yeah, that I've been looking at. He is Jag category though. So just a guy. He, yeah, just a guy. Um, so we, we do need to be mindful with that because just a guy can be sort of flicked around a little bit and fill gaps, fill holes can, if they're struggling up forward a little bit, he can then go and play a role there. So just be mindful of the risk there. Um, but uh, I do like him. He's never going to be a tag target. That's going to go to Parish. That's going to go to to Merritt um, and potentially might go on a, a Heppel or a Hind type. Um, but it's not going to go on him. Um, but I, I also would feel a lot more secure with a Lockie Hunter, even though um, the coaching there. Um, but he's you just got to... Understand if you go him, you've got to understand it's loose. Uh, I wouldn't be doing it if I was up the top, put it that way. Um, and I sort of premise this um, a person that's got a fair bit of experience. When, when you're sitting in a hat position, you don't go and make wild calls. You actually play a straight bat, do the smart thing, do the right thing, continue to do it, let the others cock up. Let the others not plan well for buys. Let the others make the foolish mistakes. Um, if you're in a good position, keep going in a good position. 
And when you're summing it up, though, this last couple of weeks, and this is where you go left field, the last couple of weeks, if you need to make a sneaky 50 points to win a cash prize or win the car or get a hat, that's when you make it Jeremy Cameron because he's got a sexy matchup because no one else in that group would do it. Um, but so this week, I would have the straight bat would have been bringing in a, a Josh Kelly and a Tim Mitchell. That's a straight bat, and look how they Tim played Mitchell, out. Right? Tom Mitchell. Tim. <laughs> yeah, th- that's a straight bat, but look how that would have played out. You're talking 152 and 125 because you played the straight bat. Yeah. All right, Tustato, it's uh, time to show me the money. And you've taken Louis's role this week in, uh, you've done a lot of work on this show, but I made you work a little bit harder and you're going to show us the money and find out who those top five rookies based on break even and job security are for us this week. Who have you got for us? Uh, I'm, I'm sad, peoples. Um, there's a reason why Louis didn't come today. There's a reason why Louis left me with this list because the cupboard is almost bare. Now, your boy, John Newcomb, needs to be number one and yeah. and he if you didn't bring him in and of course um, with all the hype I went on him straight away got him at 170 I don't know what his price will jump up to but he's got to be your number one target he'll play uh, he'll tackle I don't think he's going to be a 30 possession guy by any stretch of the imagination 208k it's been updated well there you go 208k um, it, it's a bargain if you haven't got him Pick him up now. He'll be playing. Um, so a great down target. So if you, you've got um, uh, any round 14 rookies left, whether it be Jordan, whether it be Poulter, um, it could be a host of them. They're the ones that go down to um, Newcomb. Uh, now, this is really concerning because the next two – I'm actually saying if named. So this is meant to be based on job security. So this is how scarce they are. Let's mm. hope there are round third sorry, round thirteen by teams that roll out of that by and actually name some debutants because we need the assistance. Uh, Ned Reeves, if he plays, but I think it's unlikely after the performance of the replacement ruck. He was just sensational. He had like 11 clearances. It was ludicrous. Yeah. Um, James Madden is number three, but he might be the stroke of luck because uh, I remember his replacement in round 12 actually got injured again. Um, So he could be straight back in the team. Um, Then we've got... Uh, is it Zeri or Cherry? Cherry, I believe. Cherry. Yes. And, and I brought him in last week uh, mm, based on move. the, the Reeves move. situation. Uh, it wasn't a great move. He got mm-hmm. 29. Um, did He passed the eye test, I think, but I wasn't too sure because, I mean, David Noble got a sniff of victory and he definitely went with the Goldstein majority ruck play. So Cherry's been playing predominantly ruck in the VFL and absolutely carving. He looked good when he was around the ball and it was when he went forward that he did take a couple of plucks, but it was more when he was around the ball, he looked comfortable. He just got a stack of handballs. But I do think that he is a good play if he gets a game. I'm just worried that they'll bring Campbell back in. If they don't, Cherry should be one of your 
number one targets for sure. Yes, you're sitting where they are. You need to develop players for the future, and he is the future after mm. Goldie and He's only 22. Yeah, so that's why you just need to get games into him. So it's the right thing to do, and that's where they've been doing. And then Rosas is the last. That's how thin we are. I think he's averaging in the low 30s. So yeah. hopefully, Dossie Boy, we actually get a few uh, named this week out of the, the clubs rolling out of the bye. Yeah, and, I mean, the good thing is, though, um, players coming back next week, we've got such a great amount of rookies coming next week. So if you, we've got the four trades this week, Stato, if you can easily get to, say, would you say the limit would be 20 or so where you could start looking ahead and maybe bring in an Amity who looks amazing um, out there? He's done some really good things for Sydney. Um, maybe even a Foley or a Edwards for West Coast. Those two guys were awesome in the battle against Richmond on the weekend. So we've got those targets next week, but that's three. We're, we're back to the two trades after this week. So could you maybe sneak one of those um, three in because you might want all three? Yeah, possibly. I'd be a little bit worried with West Coast and how they look. I reckon the troops are coming back. They're playing finals, yeah. so they'll play their best team. So make sure you have a good look at the injury list when it's updated this week. Uh, understanding that they've got the week and a half off from when you see the injury list. So um, get a good summary on that because I reckon a few will be back. So, yeah, Foley looked great, does, but does Brad Shepard just come straight back into that team and take his spot? I'd probably say yes, he's a premiership player, high quality. They seem as um, a leader of that defensive group. Uh, and then you've probably got two or three midfielders vying to come back. I think Shuey's only a week or two on last year's last sorry last week's injury list. Uh, unsure how long Tim Kelly is, but I'd just be thinking um, it's probably a little bit uh, shaky on the job security of Foley and Edwards. So I wouldn't pick them until they named, which ironically. Um, was the instructions I gave to Ned Reeves. I didn't follow that. If I did follow that, then I would have brought in Armity as well and I would have been much better off. So I suggest follow that advice moving forward. Armity, I think you can. Um, unsure yeah. so how, he, how so expensive he's, he's gone. Yeah, so, so if he, you don't have him, he's probably the guy. If 260, you do have the big numbers, yeah, I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a look what he's, what he's at now, um, if I can spell So I reckon correctly. he's pretty expensive. That's the only problem. There you go. Wasn't a bad guess. All right, we better roll into these questions, Dossie. We've got a bit more. No, one more thing. We've got a Dossie's Dilemma. Oh, no. Oh, no. Stato, I couldn't help but notice there's some, oh, no. you know, you're saying there's a lack of rookie options and oh, no. I, I do agree with you there. There's there's not many rookie options. You've said you're afraid. You wish Louis was taking the segment. You've mentioned all the big names. I mean, Newcomb. Oh, who have argue, I forgotten? Couldn't argue with that. You've, you've missed a big name. Um, who? One 287K mid forward named Paddy Dow. Oh, God. Is he an option? It's Dossie's Dilemma. Well, he's not an option for me because you know why? He's still sitting at F1 for me there, Stato. But for non-owners... I'm legitimately serious. Is he a cheeky downgrade target? Uh, Doss, um, I think the club have announced a review of the football department. Mm. I'm not going to say any more than that, but I reckon action's going to be taken straight away, don't you? 
Yeah, so you reckon double the CBAs for Paddy Dow immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Action maybe, maybe, must maybe be taken. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, wait uh, like that. I'd wait till selection, Dossie, before you get too excited because you might be struggling to get the 18 if uh, certain people like that aren't selected. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for the Apple podcast reviews that have been coming through. We've been getting some ratings and reviews. They help us rise up the charts. We do appreciate you sending those in. So make sure you put a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, We've still got, if you listen to some of the early shows, there is still the offer out there to win a signed pair of career savers by the whole crew of the Pod Pod and Keeper League podcast. That was that was going a while ago. If we hit 220 ratings, we're still a mile off that, but maybe if we hit 50, that'd be handy to get to the next uh, target we've got. But Stato, do you want to read a couple of reviews that have come through? Yeah, from Johnny Hotspurs, um, titled Great Pod. Uh, always worth a listen to uncover some pods. Yes, that's right, the pod pod. Uh, then we've got Joel Van Haren. Um, he's also titled his The God Pod. So it's not oh. the pod pod, it's the God pod. Great <laughs> podcast, very insightful tips and good banter. Definitely a different standard in coaches between Doss and Louis, though. <laughs> not sure what Doss is thinking with half his trades. Uh, thank you, Joel. Thank you very much. Um, no, I don't know about uh, thanking Joel for that. Um, no, no, I, it's very insightful. <laughs> as this is the high-quality listeners that we have, and I must share with you, Joel, that we never know what he's thinking with half his trades as well of course all right it's time to get on to some listener questions and we'll start with our twitter question stato here and we've got a fair few flying through so i'll just go through these as quick as we can craig subdub if no decent rookies are named this week is a player like Amity an option? So, like, if he can still field 20, we just mentioned that before, has a great break even and should still play after his bye. What do you think on there? We think, yes, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely, because it means a downgrade because we could possibly get a downgrade the following week with West Coast boys or introduction. So, I reckon 20 is a line. If you're going to be able to field 20, then I think it's a fair call. Anthony Alal, next week I won't be able to field a full team's eye with a Warple issue. I have 13 Ooh. before trades. Question, should I trade out maxed out rookies who will play next week for a better player, i.e. Cozzy, or trade out around 14 by a player who still has money to make like Tracy? Uh, it's very simple. If, if you're going for an outright, so that's how you rate yourself, um, I would be uh, trading out your red dots. If you are playing league, so that's all you care about is actually your league wins, um, you should be doing everything to get your best squad. So, therefore, it doesn't matter what it looks like during round 14. Okay, the next question is from John Harmy, who was on the pod a few weeks back. Now, he's wondering about Matt Rao, who is priced at 492K. So he's saying- What's his break-even? Yeah, I have to check that. So he's pri- John Harmy's saying though, what do we take out of Rao's game? He's priced around that seventy point mark. So do we wait a couple of weeks and see? Um, so like I said, he is priced at four ninety two k now that they've updated the prices. His break even still at one hundred and twenty one, um, and his upcoming fixture as well. I just have a look here. He's got Port, 
North Melbourne, Richmond, GWS, and Western Bulldogs in his next five. Mm. You do wait um, and see, don't you, Stato? Yeah. So, firstly, John Hum is an absolute superstar at this game. Oh, yeah. um, he, he's a, a hat wearer and um, a top 10 finisher. So, John, um, I think you're spot on the mark and no surprise there. Uh, wait a couple of weeks and see. Um, I don't, Gold Coast, I think of pack the bag when it comes to finals. So I think it's about developing the players. So they want to look after their asset. They'll also want to get games into him so they can build um, some more education um, and uh, better fitness, et cetera, with him. So they'll keep playing him unless he's a risk, but they'll manage him. Once he's 100%, I think we'll all see it, and that's when we jump. This one from Ninja Spoon. Any good 170k R3 rucks worth downgrading to that might actually play? Do you reckon that Gold Coast guy gets a go, the mid-season draftee, Ned, was it? Yeah. um, Yeah, I'm unsure. Um, They don't have much else, and I I don't think – once he's ready, don't you think they actually have a look at him? They have to play him at some point. I mean, I don't know if it's any time soon, though, unfortunately. Yeah, there's, there's no I, I don't know there. his situation of how fit he is, you know, how long he's been able to be in Queensland, if he has been able to be in Queensland yet. Um, but my answer is I don't think there are any good 170s. You're going to have to wait until someone's named, unfortunately. I don't think there's anyone you can jump on. But if it was to take a punt, I'd probably go there. Um the only other thing I would think of um, is our Port Adelaide Ruckman, um, but you've got Lysette coming back and you've also got another player sitting there doing a good job. So it's unlikely that Mays is going to get an opportunity. You know the other one that you could go for and, it, you know, you'd be paying up for a potential um, maybe to get a heartbeat later in the season, but maybe the Nick, Nick Bryan from um, Essendon, if they decide to see how he fits next to Sam Draper, he's only um, 25K more. So he's 195K um, if you're willing to do that. I think they might have a look at him, how he looks next to Sam Draper they're when trying he's to play, healthy. They're, they're trying to play finals. Um, so no, mm. Doss. Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's, that's one opinion. Uh, they're yep. ninja. So, uh, Matt, is it better to bring in players to get more on field next week or for the long run? Certainly looking at Mitchell, but think that Brad Crouch could average the same for the rest of the year at 150K less. Uh, Matt, I think I um, said the same to Subdub. Uh, at the end of the day, it depends on what you or how you play. If you play for overall rank, um, versus you play for league. If you're playing for league, I'll be trying to get the best team you possibly can. You could take use the buys taking a hit to get the best team. Um, when you look at Mitchell or Brad Crouch, no offence, I'm always going to go Mitchell ahead, um, but 150K, if that means you can upgrade someone else, then maybe it's worth the punt. Joe Blog, which two to trade out of Sarong, Heaney and Poulter? Um, Sarong? God, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Which two? Well, Sarong's the only mid-only. Um, and I would probably go Coulter, although he's got some more money to make, isn't he? 
Poulter, yeah, he's yeah. I mean, he's he's up near five hundred k though now. So is he really? He, pro- he probably God, will. He's I a mean, miss. Well, he looked we good again well, today, even though it was slow. We might as well touch on that too. I mean, what do you think is going to happen with Bucks? Oh. As in the the Bucks out situation at, with uh, yeah. Collingwood. I think you wanted to mention it. Well, I, it. I think it's a case here is they're handing it internally. So what they need to do is. Um, have a clean slate and have the best opportunity to sell the list to whoever the new coach is. So if you're sitting in the background as the new coach or a, or a possible candidate, what you want to know is how good is every player on that list. So my thoughts would be when fit, able and ready that they will give the kids the opportunities to play. So fringe older players um, may have their position, position threatened. All right, we'll smash through a few more of these questions. Row on the boat. How many giants is too many giants? Mm, at the moment, they seem to have five or six that are worthwhile being in your team. So, no, that's not too many giants if they're scoring. It's a bit like Geelong in the old days, isn't it? Yep, I reckon you're right. Blake Dingle is to go in option now. I mean, after his buy, he is back in the midfield. Oh. But do you wait and see what Robert Harvey's going to um, place him? He did he look great today, but he he's looked good in the last few weeks playing midfield. Um, those CBAs have ticked up a bit. So if he gets that role under Harvey as well, is he an option? He'll probably only be in your 500K to 600K bracket or even a little bit less than that. So. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, I just won't touch it, to be honest, um, because we know what can happen. At the end of the day, um, I think he's turned on his form and doing what most people that, that picked him at the start of the year to do. Um, and he probably started his great form about two or three weeks after most people hopped off. Um, yeah, that could, 515K so he, out of his buy. Um, yeah. Well, he's, look, he's pretty cheap. So, yes, he is an option. Yeah, Callum, Dan Houston, a lock. Uh, I don't think we say anything's a lock. There's so many options you can go with, but I definitely love him as an option. You? His value, yes. Yeah, Matt, 27, thoughts on Lions as a pod. Brisbane run home looks great, as does Tigers. Short and Bolton after their buy as well. So uh, thoughts on Jared Lyons first, and then maybe Jaden Short and Shea uh, Bolton as well. Lions is a great pick. Great pick and certainly is a pod. He's very reliable. Be interesting to see if there's any change uh, with Neil back, but I don't think it will be. Uh, and you're right, Brisbane's got a really good run, especially next week, so he could give you great rewards straight away. Uh, and Richmond, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, the interesting part with Richmond players, they're very up and down, Dossie. They're not a really consistent mm. scoring team. They can play different roles, different needs. Um, so it's not a club I really look to target players, but watching Bolton play, he's a jet, that boy. Oh, yeah, I think I'd like – I'd take both of those players, to be honest. All three. I'm, I'm a fan the of all three then, yep. mate. You've yep. got some good picks there. Uh, Rhett Weeks, Haynes, is he a good trade-in? And then Antoine also comes in and saying, additionally, is Haynes worth trading in if his break-even, uh, with his and riding that break-even, if he already has Cummings, Whitfield, Taranto, Kelly, and Flynn? So, first of all, Haynes a good trade-in, and I think we've already answered. You don't, you can't have too many JWS players if they're all scoring. So, if they're all scoring yep, well for correct. you and they're doing all right, then that's fine. But, yeah, Haynes a good trade-in. We've said, yeah. 
Yeah, he's, or no, he's, he's value. no, really. Yeah, he's good value. I'll, I'll certainly look at him um, during the buys, but at the end of the day, he's not a top six defender and never actually has been. Yeah. He, he was. He is good but for his good price, value. but you can, yep. yeah, he's definitely a stepping stone. So good value if if that's what you're after. Kyle Jai Simpkin, can he be a pod option going forward? Up and down like a yo-yo, but yes, he can be a great pod, and on his day, he can score magnificently well. Um, was last year his third year breakout? Was it his third season last year where he did really well? He was forward. Um, so I think there's a real possibility that we're going to see a massive season by Jai Simpkin next year as that really honest fifth-year breakout where he builds consistency in the game because we've seen the ceiling. We just see the now. floor a little bit too often. It's his fifth year now. Wow, that's amazing. But we're starting to see that a bit more consistent ceiling. We just haven't got rid of the floors yet. Agreed. Um Yes, he's a pod. I'd, I'd probably, um, I'd probably take the punt if you're lower rank just to get those massive ceilings and have a bit of fun uh, every now and then and jump the ranks when he does go. You're one twenty. If you're again the risk reward, you wouldn't go there if you're a top ranked coach. Would you statesman in that pod situation? No. You'd, you'd no. go for the trustworthy. Um, you might grab him around twenty two when he's got a really good matchup to snake up a few more spots. All right. These ones are from Facebook. Peter Tabard, um, having a good season largely due to the tips and wisdom acquired from the pod pod. Uh, hey. re- thank you, Peter. Uh, really need a playing rookie with observable thirst for round 14. <laughs> are there any? He's already got Newcomb. Um, if there aren't any. So, I mean, what did we touch on? Do we touch on a few there before in um, in your segment showing the money was there any i don't think there was any that were too exciting really were there no james pa- james madden's got a bit of go and i'm thinking he might be uh, back for brisbane and they got a really good match up this week i'm pretty sure brisbane have got hawthorn from the top of my head mm. um but you know they've got a good match up so if name and james madden although i think he's about mid 200s off the top of my head uh, so it might be a little bit more exp- uh, expensive, but hoping we might get one or two um, uh, new players named for this week. Uh, I think we need them, to be honest. Yeah, no, that, that would be where you're probably that. heading. No, I, that, I haven't seen any with observable thirst, but um, as mm. Doss has shown, those players with observable thirst seem to average about 40. So uh, let's go for the ones that actually <laughs> want to grab the footy. All right. Uh, Peter also asks, his, um, if there aren't any rookies, which we pretty much said there aren't unless we get to booze, um, thoughts mm. on trading Taranto to Kyle Langford as a pod and a cash grab? Um, he's willing to take some risks as he's about 500 points off a hat. And he said Taranto oh. looked cooked in the second half. So, based on the fact um, what we were talking about, Toby Green as a potential mm. um, option in our forward lines, if he has done the switcheroo with Taranto, could he be no. just in this situation? Yeah, you can't, can you? No, or, can't do no. it. Um, if you're 500 points off a cap, I'm just trying to think what ranking would be 500 points off the cap. Um, 500 points is not a lot to make up. So I would be um, um, downgrading any way you can, um, whether it's Armity, even if he's not playing this week. Um 
to ensure, or, or even um, a cherry, um, to ensure you can upgrade a rookie to someone or, a, you know, a cashed-up rookie or a mid-pricer um, to someone that's going to give you elevated scoring rather than get, getting rid of a premium that off the top of my head, I reckon he's averaging 118 in the last three and would be close to the top 10 players over the last three to five rounds. I just wouldn't go there. Yeah, he is carving it. It would be a bold strategy um, if you could do that. So, yeah, being being such so highly ranked, uh, play the straight bat, says Stato. Josh, I plan to rage trade Gaff today. Is there even an exception to the hold your primos rule? I know he pumped out a 130 plus earlier in the year, but there are so many other options at his price that are on their way up in price and are 1,483% more consistent than the angle-headed flop. Cheers, lads. Love your work. Ankle-headed flop. Yeah, listen to the traders. God bless you. Um, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm against the move, to be honest, and and partly because of the theory that don't trade out your primos. But if they change their role, that they're just never going to score well again, um, I think that's fair enough. He hasn't changed his role. The team is just struggling in the midfield, so he's not playing his pure role at the moment. Um, things, the crowd are coming back, um, the band are getting back together, and you'll reap the rewards if you hold. You need to understand that when you selected Gaff in the first place, that this is what Gaff does. But in the end, he gets the job done. So stick fat and go back to the last question, which is. Up and down, uh, keep working on that. Don't throw away an option where you all of a sudden have lost one trade up. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Ward with the final question, which is a repeated question here to do with Jaya Simpkin. Is he a viable option from here to the end of the year? We've settled on no just because of the up and down factor and, and going big, mm. then going small. And his mate has asked him, has he lost his marbles going here? But I don't think it's that necessarily that um, silly. He just dropped a 120. He's had three scores, you know, big scores in his last three ga- uh, in his last, well, what is this? His last six could, games. Could you, read it? could you read out his last- Eight game scores. So go eight back games. to eight games ago. Right. So I think it's Geelong, if I can do my counting correctly. So it's 67, 90, 110, 52, 142, 63, 103, and 126. Up you, Up you go. Down you go. There you go. No, no. It's like saying to the last guy, why do you dislike Gaff? Well, that's sort of what Gaff does, but Gaff's floor is just a little bit higher. He rarely gets into that sort of 50s and 60s zone. So, you know, just don't do it to yourself. I know it looks great. Um, but the other, this is why we play draft. And draft gives you the opportunity that these guys become really important to you. I will just say his break even, uh, sorry, his price is 669K and his break even nice. 69. So that might be something to consider nice. as well. Very nice. All right. I think that'll do it for the pod pod this week. Um, thanks for listening. And if you do want to sign up to hear more of the mighty statesman, jump on board on pod pod plus. If you want that extra Wednesday episode, you can sign up on the keeper league pod web uh, website. Thanks very much. Stato for joining me. It's been another quality episode with you, mate. And uh, good luck this week. Always a pleasure. Doss. Farewell.